welcome to the High Vibe and Healthy Podcast. My name is Fran Dargaville and I'm a functional nutritionist specializing in gut health. I'm here to share my down-to-earth, no BS approach to nutrition and health to help you get to the root cause of your symptoms. Enjoy this week's episode and submit your questions at frandargaville.com or via my Instagram, frandargaville. Let's get into it. Hello, friend. I hope you're having a great week. This episode came highly requested. We are going to be chatting all things celiac disease. We're going to look at the signs and symptoms of celiac disease, the process of getting diagnosed, and what to do if you discover you have this condition. So first things first, what is celiac disease? Celiac disease is an autoimmune disorder triggered by the ingestion of gluten. When a person with celiac disease consumes gluten, their immune system creates toxins that destroy the villi in the small intestines. And when I'm talking about villi, I'm talking about the tiny finger-like protrusions lining the inside of the small intestines. When the villi become damaged over time, the body is not able to properly absorb nutrients from food. And over time, this can lead to nutritional deficiencies and even malnutrition and other serious health complications, including permanent damage to the intestines. It's estimated that around one and a half percent of the Australian population has this condition, but it's believed that a lot of people are walking around undiagnosed because the symptoms can be really hard to distinguish from other conditions. So let's look at some of the common signs and symptoms of celiac disease. The symptoms can vary a lot. A lot of people experience digestive issues like bloating, diarrhea, abdominal pain, constipation, and undigested fat in the stool. And by the way, if you're not digesting fat properly, you would be seeing pale, floating, or oily stool when you have a bowel movement. However, it's very important to note that not everyone with celiac disease experiences digestive symptoms. There are hundreds of different symptoms that can be linked to celiac disease, including brain fog, fatigue, depression and anxiety, dermatitis, joint pain, missing periods, and weight loss. Nutritional deficiencies are also really common because the absorption of nutrients, as I mentioned before, is impacted by that damage to the gut lining. So you might have deficiencies in things like iron, B12, vitamin D, and calcium that just won't improve even with supplementation. If you have a bunch of these symptoms and you suspect there might be something going on, it's really important that you investigate further to either confirm or rule out celiac disease. Before we get into chatting about the process of getting a diagnosis, let's look at gluten and where it's found. Gluten is a protein found in certain grains like wheat, barley, and rye, and it gives that structure and elasticity to baked goods. I'm guessing if you've tried gluten-free foods before that you may have noticed a bit of a difference in the consistency and texture between gluten-free foods and foods that contain gluten. We often think of it being in things like bread and pasta, but it's also often hidden in things like marinades, sauces, salad dressings, deli meat, sausages, and alcoholic drinks. Plus, a lot of processed foods are contaminated with gluten, which means they aren't safe to consume. 
One example of this is oats. Now, oats are naturally a gluten-free grain, but they're often processed in the same facilities as gluten-containing grains. And because of that, they can't be labelled as gluten-free in Australia. For a food to be labelled as gluten-free in Australia, it must not contain any detectable gluten, which is different to other countries like the US and UK, which allow a concentration of up to 20 parts per million of gluten. If you do learn that you have celiac disease, it's really important that you take the time to get educated on gluten and where it's found so you can make sure you're following a strictly gluten-free diet. For years, I've been using GI map testing to help my clients get to the root cause of their digestive symptoms. This test reveals what's going on in your gut and driving your symptoms from pathogens like parasites and candida to digestive dysfunction and leaky gut. I've just hit publish on a brand new free GI map gut testing guide explaining everything about the test, who it's for, how it works, and specifics on what the test looks at, and a sneak peek into a sample report. It's all in there. If you're curious about the GI map test and whether it might be the next step in your journey to overcoming your gut issues, this is the best place to get started. Head to the link in the show notes or my Instagram bio to download your free copy. Now, let's look at the process of getting a diagnosis of celiac disease. First up, who should consider pursuing a diagnosis? If you're experiencing any of the symptoms or conditions I mentioned before, or you have an immediate family member with celiac disease, chat with your doctor about getting tested. First-degree relatives of a person with celiac disease have a 10% chance of also having the condition. So it's really important to keep that in mind and go and get tested if you have an immediate family member with celiac disease. So the first step here is blood testing. There are two different types of blood tests, and these can be ordered through your GP or primary care doctor. The first type of blood testing is the celiac serology. And to do this test, you will need to be consuming gluten daily in order to get accurate results. If you're not currently consuming gluten or much of it, you'll need to do what's called a gluten challenge before you do the test. So that means you'll need to be consuming around three to six grams of gluten every day for a minimum of six weeks. This is equivalent to two to four slices of bread, two to four wheat bix, or half to one cup of cooked pasta every day. There is also a genetic test, which is highly correlated with susceptibility to celiac disease. So 99% of people with celiac disease have these genes, but not every person with these genes has celiac disease. So basically, if you do this test, the genetic test, and it comes back negative, it's very unlikely that you have celiac disease. But if it comes back positive, you'll need to investigate further. In this case, you might need to do the gluten challenge and then redo the celiac serology, and you can chat with your doctor about this. The good thing, though, about doing this test, the genetic testing, is that it doesn't matter whether or not you're consuming gluten. So if you're already on a gluten-free diet, the celiac serology is not going to work for you. So this genetic testing is a really great place to start. These blood tests are the first port of call, but they alone are not definitive. You'll then need to have a gastroscopy or endoscopy, it's also known as, so you can have a biopsy done on your small intestine to actually see whether there is any damage to the villi of the small intestine. 
And this is where you'll get that definitive diagnosis. Once that diagnosis of celiac disease is confirmed, what are your next steps? First up, it's essential that you take the time to wrap your head around a gluten-free diet because you're going to need to follow a strict gluten-free diet for life. Now, I think this is really incredible and motivating. Following a strict gluten-free diet allows the villi in your small intestine to heal. And this process, the healing process of the villi can take between three months and two years, depending on your health and your age. So you want to take the time to learn about gluten, go through your fridge and pantry and look for hidden sources of gluten and educate yourself on what it means in terms of dining out at restaurants and cafes and finding safe places that you're able to dine out. Also, I highly encourage you to find gluten-free alternatives to anything you consume often, things like bread and pasta, often those more convenience-based foods that are really helpful to have on hand. The good news is that there are so many amazing gluten-free options to choose from these days. When I first went gluten-free many years ago, it was quite difficult to find any good products. Whereas now there are tons of awesome gluten-free products that you can easily pick up from the supermarket. And yes, the priority and focus here is avoiding gluten, but I highly encourage you to prioritize whole foods based gluten-free options as opposed to just going for highly processed gluten-free foods, which can also impact your gut and your health. For example, there are great gluten-free sourdough breads and pulse pastas, and yes, they're processed, but they're more whole foods based, so they're going to be better for your health. Aside from following a gluten-free diet, we also want to take a holistic approach and look at what else needs support. This is likely to include addressing nutritional deficiencies and supporting digestion and gut health. As I mentioned before, nutritional deficiencies are very common in celiac disease because of the nature of the disease impacting the absorption of nutrients through the small intestine. So while you're working on repairing your gut through a gluten-free diet, you can also address any nutritional deficiencies with targeted supplementation and a nutrient-dense diet. So for example, if you have iron deficiency because of the celiac disease, yes, you're working on the gluten-free diet, but at the same time, you can address that iron deficiency through food and supplementation. And in taking this holistic approach, we also want to look at supporting digestion and gut health. There is emerging research into the connection between the gut microbiome and celiac disease. And this indicates that certain factors within the gut microbiome may actually drive the development of this disease or protect against the development of the disease in the first place. However, this research is in its early days and it mostly involves in vitro or animal studies. But this doesn't mean you have to wait to support your gut. You can start by incorporating foods rich in probiotics, prebiotics, and fiber, lots of the things that we talk about here on this podcast, to help promote a diverse and balanced gut microbiome. Also, those foundational pieces like mindful eating, chewing your food thoroughly, staying hydrated, and managing stress can all have a massive impact on your gut health and your digestive function. And you might like to consider doing a gut microbiome test as well to see what else is going on in your gut and to really take that holistic root cause approach. So let's do a quick recap. Celiac disease is an autoimmune condition whereby gluten being consumed causes damage to the villi in the small intestine. 
You might have digestive symptoms like bloating and pain or seemingly unrelated symptoms like nutritional deficiencies that won't go away, fatigue, brain fog, depression and anxiety, dermatitis, joint pain, missing periods or weight loss. If you suspect that you might be dealing with this or you have some of these symptoms and you don't have answers just yet, speak to your doctor about getting tested. If celiac disease is confirmed, get started on a gluten-free diet straight away and also look at those holistic factors I mentioned, like addressing nutritional deficiencies and supporting your gut microbiome. And make sure that you encourage your family members to get tested as well. Or if you haven't yet been tested, but you have an immediate family member with celiac disease, make sure you investigate for yourself. So I hope that was helpful for you. If you know someone who needs to hear this episode, please share it with them. And if you found this helpful and you'd like to return the favor, hop on over to Apple or Spotify and leave me a rating or review. And I will be so, so grateful. And thank you to everyone who's already left a review, by the way. I read them all and it's really, really helpful because sometimes it can feel like I'm having a one-way conversation. So it's really nice to get some positive feedback. Catch you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the High Vibe and Healthy podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want my help to get to the root cause of your symptoms, head to my website, frandargaville.com to learn more about my programs. If you want to connect with me day to day, Instagram is the place to be. Follow me at Fran Dargaville and you can find all of those links in the show notes. And finally, please note that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not considered to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment.